welcome back to the Rambling Ranger podcast, episode 11. Uh, my name is Luke Taylor and this is the first episode back after our last season. And today I'm joined here by current colleague at work, um, Jeff Boddy. Morning. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's very exciting because this is the first podcast um, that I'm doing in person. So we've uh, got our, we're looking very professional with our clipboards in front of us and our questions which over Zoom um, as, well, audio differences and things because I'm using a in-person audio recorder. So yeah, very exciting nonetheless. But um, yeah, Jeff does have as a first guest and as I mentioned, a current colleague is um, exciting because he's got lots to say. And personally, I was, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to work with the Stark Department Scotland in the first place was because of Jeff. So um, yeah, we'll get into all that good stuff in a bit. Um, how about just uh, for starting off, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm very flattered by the way that I inspired <laughs> you to join the team and uh, yes, poaching yeah. from West Lothian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, often that's the that's case in their ranger services is poaching from other ranger yeah, services. It's a, it's a small world, everyone knows everybody else in a very short space of time I think. Yeah. So, conservation and heritage. So. So yes, first question. Oh, tell us a bit about yourself. That's quite quite open ended. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just um, see what you wish, and then um, we'll get into yeah, the nitty gritty. So as you say, yes, I've been uh, a current colleague of yourself, and been working for Historic Environment Scotland. Um, although it says Historic Scotland on our badge, there, <laughs> so who knows? Um, for just over four years now, uh, we've made the move up to Edinburgh um, from. The Midlands, down in England, nice sort of leafy Nottinghamshire, where um, the timing was very good actually to start here because I just finished my ranger apprenticeship with the Forestry Commission at Sherwood Forest, which was lovely. Um, there's more to Sherwood Forest rangers than just Sherwood Forest. We had a great big beat, so we had half of Nottinghamshire to play right. with. Yeah, which was which was very interesting. A lot of uh, regeneration going on there, sort of old, it's old pit mining country, so a lot of slag heaps that were all just sort of smouldering piles of rubbish <laughs> that we sort of helped to help to get back into uh into greenery so there were lots of tree plantations and it right. was it was quite nice to see the progress there so yeah no that's interesting yeah. i didn't actually know that you were an apprentice I, um, yes that was your title so i might ask you about that um so yeah i suppose so you've came obviously from from down south um yeah. and uh kind of a in the same industry but a, a different kind of role mm. um, what what kind of inspired you to get into environmental conservation and then becoming a ranger was it um, a long kind of process it was, was quite quite uh, sort of yeah long and winding really um, I got into it through volunteering really right. uh, I've always loved being outdoors and you know that was sort of a hobby hill walking just going out for a walk at the weekend my parents spoiled me rotten actually <laughs> when I was little with the intro introducing me to nature um, so I used to live in Staffordshire there was a really nice section of the Churnit Valley right. um, called Dimmingsdale which had foxes and badgers and hedgehogs and owls kingfishers crayfish <laughs> it was just it's it's idyllic and, uh, um, and every, every time I go back there I just fall in love with it all over again so I've always liked being outdoors um, but I could never answer the careers advisor at school. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't really know a ranger was a thing. If yeah. I had, then I probably would have got into it sooner. Um, but I've always been happiest outdoors. And it was actually... Um, uh, yeah, it was my now wife, then girlfriend. She worked for the National Trust. Um, and she worked weekends and I didn't. <laughs> so I wanted to get some time with her. I would follow her uh, to her place of work, which was... Um, 
really nice site called uh, Speak Hawk in Liverpool, right. run by the National Trust. Um, so I would volunteer there and just hang out with the with the the wardens and the rangers there. And Brilliant. It just yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, and I just did it as a hobby. Yeah. Know, just, I, I, so I, I volunteered for the National Trust. I volunteered for then we moved over to the Midlands to um, uh, what was it called Creswell Crags, which is a heritage site. Um, big limestone gorge full of. Um, uh, caves with uh, Britain's earliest rock arts in there. Some fab site, wow. yeah, brilliant yeah. site. Really, go and visit it if you're interested in, in anything Stone Age <laughs> and British. Um, but they had ranges there as well, so we got involved with the conservation there. They also ran a, a, a sort of a county-wide regeneration project. That I got involved with restoring hedgerows and dry stone walls, and I did. I just ended up getting loads and loads of different experiences, with loads of different people. Uh, yeah, it seems. It. Yeah, it's. I'm sure you're the same. Volunteering is quite addictive. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I ended up with just a, a, a big long list of these things. I just decided I could probably make the move to make it a career. How many sort of years ago was this? This was. Um, it started about ten years ago. Right. Um, okay. I volunteered at other places as well. Uh, of. Yeah, a certain degree of relevance to this job. Let's be still into a job interview. This. <laughs> <laughs> Justify your position as a ranger now. Um, uh, I've volunteered at a couple of museums as well, so the heritage side of things is really quite good. To yeah, fit in with yeah. Here as Which well. we'll, we'll certainly touch upon. Yes. So, so yeah, quite um, just sort of a roundabout way, and then ended up at the Forestry Commission as a. They're, they're called Shadow Rangers. They're, they're yeah. So it was the Shadow Rangers. So when I was yes. first looking into apprenticeships and rangering and kind of my follow-on from my apprenticeship was actually the shadow rangers in the forestry commission they don't exist up here or not in the same form oh, right, okay. um, so it must be an english thing i think so yeah certainly certainly in the midlands is very popular i met a number of people who'd been through it and they recommended that i yeah. did it as well and it was really good loads of different experiences sort of and how long was that um, um i think it was they take a raft of people on twice a year um, for six months but um, right. I think I, I stuck around a little bit longer and, mm. and gave them another few yeah, months yeah that was the thing with them is they were quite short term yeah. just to, but Shadow Ranger is such a cool title yeah it's like some kind of faction out of Game of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> like yeah we're all dressed in black and you know we were hunting zombies in the woods um, yeah no, it was it was great yeah you, you, you shadow a ranger and yeah, you get to follow them around basically and uh, we did all sorts of things we did lots of bushcraft sessions with school kids uh, we did some surveying of um, slow worms and reptiles okay. um, did a lot but it was mainly doing a lot with volunteers actually um, which was really good they ran a um, sort of a, a green therapy session mental right. health yeah. um, okay. which uh, seeing the, the power of that people yeah. who had you know, really sort of difficult periods in their life and, um, and were not themselves um, um, we had one chap who, who barely came out of the van at the beginning, wouldn't talk to anyone. Within two months, he was the life and soul of the party. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. And he, it, just seeing that, just, just that change in someone. Uh, yeah, I think we've talked really about that story before. We've, yeah. Recently, we're starting to see more of it. And it's, it is one of the most positive aspects, I think, of a lot of um, Rangers' roles is working with these groups I think and so, um, yes. seeing the differences. Um, so yeah, with your I suppose yeah, your museum history and heritage experience and clearly a passion as well, combined with your ranger uh, work that brought you up here. Yep. Um, how did how did that happen? Uh, again, it was actually my wife who led the charge. <laughs> <laughs> she got offered. She worked in heritage and and has worked her way around um, 
various places, but she got offered a job at Chamber Street ah. the National Museum yeah. that she couldn't refuse. Of course. Really. Yeah. Uh, so we're like, right, we're going to Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, not Scotland's great. Um, but then this, this role came up literally just as we were moving, so it was really nice timing. Perfect and timing. Yeah, yeah uh, perfect place. So Holyrood's amazing. It's got everything you know, that you could possibly want as a, <laughs> uh, if you're even remotely interested in the outdoors, as I hope you would be as a ranger, uh, um, then, you know, it's got all the geology, the archaeology and the history, uh, which is interesting in itself, but just as a wildlife site, Sanctuary, green space, yeah. it's brilliant. So And Edinburgh of all places as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it's, um, I can't think of anywhere else, any other city that's got something like that slapped in the middle of it. Yeah, just being out and about, speaking to people, that's one of the first things they say or why they, they fall in love with a place like this. Um, it, yeah, potentially could be that kind of world's first. I'm sure there's other gorgeous places. There's a lot of other gorgeous places in yes. Scotland. But it is the draw as well to being the capital and stuff like that. Yeah, having it in a city is really yeah. quite, quite special. So, yeah, you've got everything you need. You can go do your shopping on Princess Street <laughs> and then disappear into the mini highlands afterwards if you want to. So Yeah, yeah. jolly up the hill. Yeah. Um, and that obviously, our role, I suppose, is entails all the same things as other ranger services, but I feel like the, the bit of the job that is different is the history and heritage side, yes. being working for a store from Ireland, Scotland. Um, what, I suppose then, what does your job as a Hollywood ranger entail currently? Um, yeah, it'll be a similar story to Wills, who we obviously spoke, I spoke to um, on the podcast previously. Um, and yeah, just, do you want to give us a flavour for that now? So, Potentially, yeah, some of your favourite bits about that. I think probably my favourite bit about it, I and mean, just mentioned Holyrood Park being amazing, and it's got incredible archaeology and you know, the hill forts and the, and the ruins and the boundary wall. But one of the, I think one of the best things about working for being a ranger here is, uh, I mean, Hess has got uh, how many properties in care? Three hundred and something or other. Yeah. yeah, I think it's changing all the time <laughs> and what gets counted as one and what doesn't. But yeah, it's over three hundred. Um, and we occasionally get to go to these other places as well and do the interpretation there, like um, uh, Linlithgow Palace, uh, but we've also run things at Kenpapel, um, Blackness Castle. Um, unfortunately, it got canned this year because of a, a certain virus, but uh, I had a, a walk lined up for the year of Coast and Waters. St. Allen. Uh, yes. Yeah, St. Allen to Seacliff, um, which has got loads of heritage and history along the way, as well as all the wildlife. It's a fantastic castle. It's, I mean, it's, it's one very... of my favourites that I've came across. I'm sure there's tons more, but just the yes. way that is, its location. Think, and... Yeah, definitely the location, the, the setting <laughs> of it um, is, is amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame that didn't run this year, but um, we have got... Um, you know all these amazing sites that are you know, really interesting, but also real um, havens for wildlife as well, which is which is nice to see. Um, yeah, that kind of I mean, it's we've got these crossovers with her history and heritage, which is really nice. Um, we obviously and we mix. What's the right word? We kind of weave that into our way as rangers of our education, our interpretation yes. and our and our school groups. So I mean you were just mentioning what was weird not being like how obviously the centre just now, currently in this period would be is it August or is it September? September is uh, yeah, yeah where we, we normally do our archaeology month, as of you course. said. Yeah, yeah, which is sort of celebrating the and investigating the Iron Age um um archaeology and history of the site. So and it's quite a well-known thing amongst the, the local schools, so it's normally just heaving <laughs> with, uh, 
Yeah, with uh, you know, fifty school kids a day in their in their Hessian smocks, or we te- teach them about you know growing barley and grinding <laughs> it and what life was like in the Iron Age, and then they get recruited into the Druid school. Yes, and, my um, favorite yes. part. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot of fun teaching them all about the the healing plants and the lore and and all that sort of stuff, and getting them out on site. And they all love it, and it's. Tiring. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Day in and day out, I've never quite experienced the same intensity per se yeah. when you're running so many sessions per day with the crossover with the walk and then our indoor sessions with ancient crafts and our, our roundhouse, yes. which is fantastic. Um, but the, obviously this year it's it's not happened. No, of course. Sadly. So yeah, it's eerily quiet in here. <laughs> there would normally be yeah, loads of the miniature druids running around and, and uh, uh, one of our Romans stomping around and shouting at them. How does your then, I suppose, your knowledge already, because you're clearly, you're very passionate and um, very knowledgeable about lots of things historic, uh, which is fantastic. I love just hearing these these things about places that you talk about. How do you, I suppose, incorporate that into your role and how does that play a benefit to, to your role as a ranger here, especially, and at other sites um, I, that are Hess-owned? It's, uh, and one of the things that we do regularly, uh, or used to do before coronavirus hit, uh, was our guided walks and uh, a lot of people come for the history uh, of that and yeah. we have, we have um, I've written um, one particular walk about the military history of the site of uh, Hollywood Park because it's it was used as a firing range and there's the World War One practice trenches <laughs> and uh, obviously some of the uh, earliest finds archaeological finds are, are of weaponry you know um, Flint arrowheads and the Duddingston Horde has swords and axes and things so it's there's that that side of thing that um that lends it to uh uh to the interpretation of it um so the history is is embedded in the site you know it's it's got it all the way back from the mesolithic up until you know 20th century and and this century and and so it's it is an important part of it um i mean people sort of hear the word ranger and and you immediately think sort of you know wildlife but no it's definitely part of the landscape as much as the uh, as much as the trees and the rocks are um, the, the human in interaction with it and where that's changed over the years is just a fascinating story um, yeah it's a story in itself I mean it was one of the reasons I was drawn to the job um, was because of the history and archaeology aspects of it because that was kind of my second interest from a career point of view and obviously I ended up getting the ranger apprenticeship and went down that line and I wasn't quite I was doing that outside of work as such as yourself which we'll talk about anyway, the kind of the digs and all the that as a yes, hobby and, on a few yeah digs, haven't you? <laughs> something I've never actually done is gone on an archaeological dig you should I know it I really surprises want to me. you yeah. of all people have never uh, been uh, on a dig it's certainly something I recommend I mean I'll willingly um, use holidays and do all that kind of busman's holidays to do these things um, but yeah just great fun and I suppose it makes you appreciate more and allows you to then capture on your guided walks, talk about these things. Yeah, when um, you had your hands in the dirt and yeah, <laughs> all that heritage mud. And yeah, well, and we joke about like. that with, uh, I mean, even the archaeologists where your, your hands are filthy and you've got bits of dirt in your nails and it's like thousands of year old and you're sitting eating your piece all yeah, like that. There's nothing quite like it. Preserved it's... pollen grains going on, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, would be, that would be good, yeah. I, I, it's a shame I haven't haven't done it but I studied history rather than archaeology so that's all time in the library rather than time in the field with a mattock and a, and a trowel so of course yes yeah no um, I mean we had the I don't know if you were you about because I know you were off grace periods last season mm-hmm. when I was on so I've obviously done a season with Hess last um, the last year and then came back this year um, but we had the digs actually happening on the hill 
Yes, um, on Winnie Hill, the the trenches they cut open. Yeah, there. so there was I think there was five of them, wasn't there? And they were investigating remnants of the cultivation terraces and the yes. bits of the fort and things like that as well. Uh, and that was that went over for a good I think a month actually, running alongside of course our archaeology month. Um, and it was we we got a get our hands in there and um, actually do some work but also it was a really nice aspect to learn about to then tell members of the public about um, and I mean that's captured now and I'm sure it's something that will be mentioned in future guided walks and stuff that um, I think it was something like the first set of archaeological digs that have been done in 20 years or something, something like, that. like that yeah it's been a while since uh, anything like that's been done there's another one going on at the moment isn't there it's just finished yeah just so finished they, the they were only briefly in I think it was again it was near the summit they were this time investigating the erosion part of it mm. so of course that's a huge part that comes into that impacts the site is actually we've got this fantastic site but the the visitor numbers and how popular the site is is having a huge impact on the 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 site and the history and the archaeology and whatnot so i think yeah that was an investigation trench to to see what was happening see the damage done underground and it'll be interesting to see the report once that comes back actually um and again these are all things that will be done to then hopefully put in um preventative measures or measures that will i don't know it's, it's a really difficult yeah, one though as it you is. know it's, it's something we face all the time as i'm sure well you, you've been here longer than i have but just talking to members of the public about um things that we should be doing or aren't doing or uh, ideas of ways of yeah how um, to mitigate all these things how to mitigate and it's so difficult in such a as a busy site being that urban rural fringe um yeah so i suppose what do you like outside the job? Because I know you're very active as well, or was active, <laughs> but obviously um, our child happened, didn't it? Yes, it's a different kind of active. Uh, so yes, yeah, the wee one turned up um, a year ago in April, uh, so she's walking around, which keeps me <laughs> very active, yes. So looking after a baby is... <laughs> at the top of the list of the, now. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's now top of the list. Um, but even, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, very time-consuming, very rewarding, and lots of fun. But it, uh, you know, sort of get this—I don't know—idea when it's when it's impending. It's like, right, that's it. Your life's over. You can't do anything, <laughs> anything that you want to do ever again. But it's not true. Um, so, um, one thing that we have have been doing this last year and a half is, uh, yeah, the, the three. I think it was three days before before she was born, we got granted our allotment over the road like oh we've been waiting for this for years um, it's not like we're going to have any work to do now yeah. with a newborn on the way because uh, we inherited a complete wreck of a, right. an allotment um, it had been basically abandoned so um, that was that was fun uh, getting yeah. rid of all the all the weeds if you could eat dock then you know we would never have gone hungry um, so yes I've been learning basically agriculture on a very small scale um, <laughs> how to how to grow potatoes and things we've never had an allotment before I've grown a, grown a bit of veg in the past okay. um, yeah. but this is the first time we've actually had a plot of land dedicated to it um, and that's great the uh, it's only like a two minute walk over or, uh, from from where we where we live down uh, down Port Bello way um, and that's really nice to sort of there's a real sort of sense of community there as well as just like you know, growing your own vegetables. Yeah, no, of it's, course. It's, You've got neighbours and you share food and you teach each other how to... Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. There's a, there's a wealth of knowledge there, so that's really nice, sort of learning about how to how to chip potatoes and, uh, <laughs> and, and what 
to do about carrot fly and all this sort of it's all very genteel it's sort of uh, yeah no of course but yeah. uh, you're a very knowledgeable person and like even just your i would class you as being one of the the better druids of the bunch <laughs> when we do our guided walks and of course we're talking about things that we've used in the past and whatnot but you're, you're great with pointing out those different plants that can be used for these That's... different things and even you've you gave me a bottle, but you you're doing your own gins and alcoholic beverages and things like that as well. Not distilling. I'll put this, no. this out there. No, <laughs> no <laughs> not distilling. No, I don't have an illicit still in my shed at the allotment. But that was quite a good idea, actually. Um, um, oh, it's um, yeah, making infusions really. It's yeah, with no, different, different botanicals than just getting some some cheap naff gin that doesn't <laughs> taste of anything and then making it better. So that's quite nice. It'll, Foraging is a, is quite a hobby of mine. I've been doing that for yeah. years. Everyone, I think everyone starts with blackberries when they're a kid. Of course. And then you can just sort of branch out. And, you know, I know a couple of people who are full-on full, full on herbalists who've got... You know, <laughs> met, uh, shout out to Anna Canning if she's listening and, uh, and, and Jay McKinnon. They're, they're very knowledgeable people. Right. I've picked a lot up. Uh, I think I've met them before. Yeah. yeah, Anna Canning Certainly. runs Flora Medica. And, and yeah, you spend five minutes with her and you'll <laughs> learn more than you would in a... A year on your own she's brilliant so yeah the foraging and the, the historical uses and sort of the folklore and the heritage of all, all these different plants that a lot have been forgotten and what i'm quite interested in doing on our plot is um, getting some older uh, cultivars and vegetables that have just kind of fallen by the wayside so uh, things like salsify it's uh, um, uh, was eaten a lot in medieval and renaissance times it's like a carrot with a purple flower okay but right apparently it tastes like oysters <laughs> which uh you know sort of sold on on that alone like a carrot that tastes like oysters. that's a bit weird so that just of, explains the medieval period in a nutshell absolutely right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um another thing like skirrets or another kind of root vegetable that's kind of been forgotten about so right. tracking down these sort of old heritage things and having a, a bit aside for medicinal things got fever few and things like okay, that so right uh, so headaches um, and, and even just like cooking the weeds yeah. uh, you know people see a weed and, and uh, get that um, occasionally uh, when doing walks in the parks like oh it's terrible there's all these weeds everywhere like, well they're not really weeds they've got you know other, yeah, other, other properties uses. and they're beneficial to wildlife so yeah there's no such thing as a weed I think uh, yeah, unless, you, you, group unless it, yeah. you choose it to be a to be a weed unless it's Himalayan balsam yes no the invasive yes. species are slightly yeah. different in they that are regard. yeah sadly it's not their fault it's no just, you know, it's humans essentially yep, always is uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's our fault so uh, yeah rectifying that again that's another thing that looping back has sort of motivated me to, to get into conservation was I always had this sort of nagging feeling that the world's falling apart <laughs> and I'm spending my time you know in a in jobs that I don't really care for. Sort of, of course, or, as we all do. As we all have done, yeah, to, you know, uh, to make ends meet. But I was just thinking, what am I doing with my life? So uh, <laughs> actually just, yeah, working towards making things a bit better is, is hugely satisfying, whether it is just, you know, clearing out the Himalayan balsam that's sort of starting to encroach at Linlithgow or even just like, it says, what's your favourite, just jump to the next question, favourite part of the job being a ranger is uh, working with the school kids. And getting them inspired. Um, it's one of my favourite parts is the is the engagement side with our the people that come to us and yeah. seek our I suppose services and and our, and our yeah in a way. But yeah, um, it's yeah as you said, it's the next generation or it's inspiring these kids. Absolutely, because we can do all all we can in our life working lifetimes to sort of help our, our green spaces and environment and wildlife to thrive. But if if that 
you know, people stop caring, it, yeah. then, then it's all for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. So it is hugely important. So uh, I find that really rewarding. Sort of, you know, you're doing something as simple as a mini beast hunt with a group of six year olds and, and you show them, uh, you know, a, a spider's web or, or something like that and, and, and how it's made. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> then, yeah, that's, that's worth doing. You know? Even just that um, reaction alone is like on a, any walk or school session or whatnot. That's, if you get one of them per session, that's your happy. Totally. Essentially. Yeah. It's made your day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, I was reading quite a, I'm taking a grim turn in the conversation here, but just reading a, uh, an article a couple of months ago, I can't remember where it was, but um, how if you don't get children interested in nature at a young age, then it'll never happen. So they might get right. interested as, as kids. Yeah. You know, that sort of like wide-eyed fascination of course. caterpillars and, and, yeah. and change, changing into butterflies and all that sort of thing that captures the imagination. And they might drift away from it in their teenage years when priorities change and, you know, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, they live in a slightly different world and then, and then they hit adulthood and then it comes back again maybe or they always have that, that passion maybe they do carry it through. But if they don't have it to begin with, it's very hard to inspire people uh, to care. Yeah. Um, and I think... That is where quite a lot of sort of biosphere, for want of a better word, its problems are coming from is is a lack of lack of knowledge and a lack of care. Really. Yeah, so essentially, because um, the youth and I, th- I suppose me being a bit younger, but um, the how we treat and our impacts on uh, the the environment and how we live our lives is having just as great an effect as as um, definitely older uh, the older generation as well it's not just the effects that have been done it's the effects that are happening and going on now yeah and things that and they can be reversed that's the that's the thing like um, you mentioned the project i was involved with um a lot of that was restoring hedgerows um so I it, it myself. Been, yeah. yeah and and you, you sort of Look at what they did in the in the in the seventies and eighties, grubbing them all out <laughs> for the sake of a, you know just having a bit more yield, a bit more money. And think, this is a bit this is a bit daft, isn't it? You know, you're just so you're basically going to turn your farm into a desert in fifty years' time. Uh, but we had a lot of young people getting involved with that and explaining the, the whole process and why it's important and why biodiversity is important. So, so yeah, it can be done. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely, uh, and and really has to be done. So. Yeah, with the way things are going. Uh, no, one of my favourite things has always been, I think my favourite session to do is a bat night, which I know you're very passionate about yes, bats. I would probably call you the Batman. If anyone was to have that title, I'd give it to yourself. No, I'm afraid I can't accept that. <laughs> I have to defer that to uh, to Bob, Bob Stevendale. Oh, of course. Yes, our natural heritage advisor, ecologist, who is, who he, he is um, Historic Scotland's Batman. Uh, what he doesn't know about bats at our sites isn't worth knowing. Um, so I would I'll quite happily be the Robin, Robin. to his <laughs> Yes, I like uh, that. I'll, I'll take that one. I can uh, see that. No, I do. I do have a, a real soft spot for bats. They are quite endearing and fascinating. Um, when did that? When I suppose when did you first? I suppose fall in love with bats. I mean, you're you're have been working over the last uh, few years. I know for your license and things yeah, like that. Which sadly has been stalled by coronavirus of course. all bat handling yeah. have been been knocked on the head this season but there'll, there'll still be hibernation surveys to do so it won't be a year completely without without bats um happened i think it was really when i was at creswell crags because the 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 caves there were just a, just a haven for them, right. really it was a, it was yeah it was just sort of bat woodstock there i think uh i can't remember how many i think it was a it was in double figures the species of bats they have there. It was a few years ago now, but they they certainly had some 
some real rarities. I think they had serotines and um, uh, uh, barbastels right. as well there. Uh, some just some really quite different, yeah. different ones that I were mean, nice to see. And they did back nights there as well. And they, uh, they had their, their local back group come in and have <laughs> them. And I'm like, what? These are amazing. Because yeah. um, I think a lot of people sort of uh, get into their sort of different niches. Niches, niches yeah. yeah. And a lot of people start with, say, birds, because I think, I think every ranger is a birder to a certain degree because you see them in the day but then things like bats they don't give up their secrets readily you know, they're, 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 they're small inaudible to us mainly um, brown on a on a dark background they yeah. hibernate they, you know it's uh, the complete opposite to humans frankly about some some yeah yeah apart from like the occasional hermit so it's um, just the fact that they are so secretive and mysterious is part of the appeal as well and particularly bonnie but i think they are really oh, quite, no, I they're really agree. quite quite cute i yeah. think especially like a, a brown long-eared is uh, <laughs> like a, i felt like dimensions actually just yes. something about that fat face yeah they are sort of little round little round ping pong <laughs> balls aren't they um but again another another benefit of working for here is so many of our sites are bat roosts yeah um and obviously they're protected species and they they, they need to be sort of keep an eye on them uh, surveyed and counted surveyed counted yeah. yeah so that any works that go on take them into account and, and again that is probably my favorite thing to do is not just the bat nights but the bat surveys yeah um, i remember i did one at um Crichton castle down at Pathet. that's a, still not done it but yeah it's on the list it's a really nice castle it's off the beaten track um definitely worth going uh just for the castle alone even if you don't don't see any bats but i was i was doing a bat survey there with the bat group and i went to pick up the keys from the the uh the steward i was driving down to this place and i thought if eight-year-old me could see me now i think he'd just explode <laughs> with excitement i have got the keys to a castle <laughs> and i'm going to go and count bats and brilliant um so yeah, any any range of job is going to open up lots of doors to, to learn a lot of things. Specific perks as well. To yes. That specific yeah. look where you work or the organisation you work for. Yes, exactly. So there was a lot of uh, um, uh, herpetology, Newton lizard specialists down at Sherwood. No, it was just a, a small interruption there. Um, I think we're back. Um, we're on bats, of course. Yes. Um, and you were talking about, was it Crichton? Crichton Castle, yes. Uh, yeah, how exciting it was just to, to get the keys uh, and just let myself into a, into a, a castle to go and count bats with the, with the local bat group. That was, that was a definite highlight. Um, Some of these things in our job, I feel like your younger self would just never imagine it. Certainly with, with Hess and as you yeah. said, the historic and heritage, like... I did the bat night at Lumnuckle Palace and you can go in as a member of the public but obviously it's quite different but uh, uh, going in and um, counting bats and seeing them all in the courtyard and everything yeah, like that it's a real I've, display there it's yeah. one of my yeah, favourite bat things that I've done I think so far besides of course doing the hibernaculum surveys I don't know if you have you ever done a hibernaculum yeah, survey yeah done a yeah. few Yeah, you um, Hell House you were at one was it with uh, oh. not that one no, no. I've done Dunfermline Abbey that's yes. what it was that's a lot there yeah. and uh, again Crichton uh, that's got a nice, uh, nice selection of hibernating bats. Um, so, yeah, doing the uh, doing the bat nights and the and the and the surveys and the handling as well, which I've done at various sites with the with the local bat group. <laughs> so, uh, one of our former rangers, Natalie Todman, um, she runs a lot of the bat stuff, and uh, she knows a lot of our sites well, like which ones are good to go to. Um, yeah, no, of course. But that was so I've learned a lot from her as well. Um, so we've done some done some handling. Um, which is a real privilege to get these very elusive creatures in the hand and, and up close and, and, and seeing them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, 
yeah, very cool bit of the job. But everything else, I mean, uh, reenactment. I've I bumped into you uh, last year. You did. And I think I just passed as well this year. Uh, so it's been a year already, uh, which is just incredible. I mean, time's gone. But uh, I was with the Archaeology Scotland at uh, Calendar Park. Calendar Park, Park, that was it, yes. Was it their 75th yeah. anniversary last year? Was it, was it as large as 75? I might be making that up. Nonetheless, they were, ha- they were hosting the Archaeology Fair. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, Jeff yeah. was... <laughs> I was there dressed as a, as a, a Viking Age peasant, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's again, that's another, another part of it. I haven't done much... The last couple of years, baby says no. Um, <laughs> but you did have actually the child at that. We point, did, you yes, not? yeah. We, we uh, um, Hannah, my wife, made a, a little little Viking smock thing for us. It's um, very cute. It was cute, yes. Um, though, um, yeah, we were part of the. Uh, I think we've been invited by the Glasgow um, Vikings. They, I think they, is it Glasgow? Yeah, I think so. They, they were, they were there. So right, we already knew them, so we thought, oh, let's just let's just go along and, and see what it's like doing this with the yeah, baby. I, th- I think it was your first gig in a while since it was. It all yeah. happened. Um, um, what kind of got you into that scene then? Because obviously, there's quite some nice crossovers with the reenactors, like the ones that do it frequently here um, for some of our events. But yeah. we obviously get a shot of it as well, which was a whole new experience and world for me, which I've kind of fallen in love with myself. It, is, it is quite good fun, yes. Um, so again, we, we were doing that down south as um, part of right. the... There's a group in Manchester that we were involved with, but then um, we sort of moved away, so we, we came... Uh, we weren't associated with any particular group. Freelancers. Uh, freelancers, yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Provincials, yeah. So... Uh, uh, again, that's something that um, when we did the the archaeology months here, it's like, oh, we've kind of done this because um, I used to be part of um, a group in Manchester. We used to go to different schools um, and take all the Viking stuff in, which the kids <laughs> went nuts for. Um, when uh, um, so I, I I generally sort of played the the farmer role, um, right. and then uh, the guy who ran it, he had all the warrior kit. Awesome. Um, and so that, that was the carrot that we dangled like okay you kids you're all excited but if you behave then you know the warrior will come out wow and then, yeah so towards the end he comes in and he takes us all prisoner and makes slaves of us <laughs> <laughs> while we're all sort of grinding our corn and the kids are like oh, you know it's going to get a bit more exciting because we, we thought there'd be a warrior with swords and, and then there is uh, so we do a bit about how the vikings used to fight with their shield formation um, the shield walls and they all get Super, super excited. And then at the end, um, um, we kill the warrior. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's in all his chain mail with his, with his uh, weapons and armour and everything. And, uh, and then he gets killed. And then we do a whole Viking burial in the school grounds. Right. Um, and then lay them out as the graves would have been. A lot of the graves have been found you know, with the, with the yeah. sword on him and the, and the weapon, weapons of his enemies at, uh, with his, his feet and all that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, no. Um, and then talk about the whole process of you know um, sort of the soil being laid down over the years and the decomposition and, and what would happen to the to the, the grave goods and and then sort of you know a thousand <laughs> years later the archaeologists turn up and and and, and dig it all oh, right, yeah, so it does bring yeah. it back. It's not just a fun day of, of whacking Vikings with spears. Um, we do bring it back to the whole, uh, whole archaeological process, how all how all that sort of uh, how that works, and how we can learn about the past through through the artifacts and the bones, and uh, uh, so it brings it full circle. So yeah, that's that was a good part. Of that. I did enjoy doing that. Again, very tiring. <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah, Having absolutely. 
Um, and then, and I, and I suppose it yeah sums up quite nicely our the archaeology month that we do here and our role as being druids and taking these kids on a Bronze Age journey. But just as I said, it was my first exposure to I suppose um, prof- I don't know professional reenact like well, that's what they yeah, do essentially. Sort of, yeah. And the three of them, one being the Roman, one being the farmer, and one being the hunter, and just how they incorporated it and how we incorporate it into our events was fantastic and then you of course did that um or have done it in the past with the military walks is that right um we were going to but then i think right, that got, got you. Uh, that didn't happen we were going to have some some reenactors in but then uh, it didn't happen for some reason which was which is a bit sad because there's so many different eras you can go yeah through. of course so maybe in the future i think we might get like a, a jacobite soldier and then, <laughs> uh, to talk about bonnie and prince charlie and there's the, the nice romantic story where he, <laughs> he marches uh, through Hunter's Bog and stands on Haggis now and looks down on Holyrood for the first time, which may or may not be true. Um, <laughs> and then, the, the, uh, but then we could talk through the different different kit that they had. Uh, so that's a, uh, and the same for the World War One soldiers because there's a lot of World War One practice trenches. Yeah, got them in a camp as well. So it's it's quite nice to tie that in. So maybe that's one for the future. I find it amazing how how engaging it actually is and how yeah. well it works. It bring it really brings it to life. I mean, we can do a certain amount of that on our standard walks. You know, we could bring obviously the archaeology in, and we've got a handling <laughs> handling objects uh, that we can pass around. But having someone sort of come out of the landscape dressed as someone <laughs> from the time and and give that little bit of theatre really does sort of uh, you know bring it to life in that way that we can't do quite on our own. No, not to the same standard anyway. No. Although I'd like to thank, I mean, with, with the experience that you've had, and I think, uh, as I said, I quite um, give you a lead druid on that one because you, you do certainly look the part and <laughs> act the part. Um, I enjoyed, no, I enjoyed being apprentice druid under all of you. And, um, oh, it's, it's a fun thing to do, that, the, the training the druids. Yes, yeah. druid skill for the rangers themselves, let alone the, the kids. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a great, um, it's one of my favourite things I've certainly done with Hess so far. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's been has been great. Um, it's been great catching up with you. Yeah, um, with with obviously your the experience that you've had in the past, and as I said, I just think you're such a good example of uh, one of these not niche types of rangers. All rangers are really niche, but yes. just the the skills that you bring to the team and um, just yeah, how you deliver on that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. I think that's one of the good things about this team. We've got all got different backgrounds and different areas of knowledge and expertise, and yeah, uh, uh, and it just works works well together I think that's uh, it's a great um, it's a great mix um, yeah which is essentially what makes the best ranger team it's not that um, we should have our competition with all our ranger teams oh no absolutely not imagine <laughs> a ranger highland games or something they have the equivalent that would be a fun idea oh have a ranger off yeah. a ranger off <laughs> yeah I don't, know, I don't know how you do that whole Thought for future or one for um, our ranger rendezvous with Scra, no doubt it might be a suggestion but um, who knows who can, we'll, yeah yeah who can who can light a fire the fastest and <laughs> a bow drill and then who can write a guided walk in 10 minutes <laughs> i don't yeah. know so i think there might be something in that ranger olympics <laughs> ranger olympics that's yeah. a good way of putting it um, but uh, no thank you and um, no, thank you yeah um i've still got um a little while we'll, a little while more we'll be working with you this season and then yes We'll, we'll see each other through various things of the, over the next, uh, well, the coming years and whatnot anyway. But uh, yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you very much. Thank you.